This week's podcast is sponsored by Direction. Welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, and it is July 26, 2023. We just had a Fed day. We've got earnings a tsunami coming. Uh, had a few big cap techs already, and uh, there's more to come. Um, but before we get into that, let me uh, welcome Arusha Pires, who joins me every week. He's an O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. How are you doing, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin. Yeah, you're right about the tsunami. Uh, it looks like Chipotle came out they're down like around seven eight percent so i think that means that i have to go go to chipotle after this and uh buy even more burritos to kind of help them see, see if you can prop up next quarter yes, exactly. uh, okay well and uh we're gonna get a little bit more into the markets and stocks and everything like that in later in the show but before we do that we're gonna bring on uh, one of our favorite guests tom dorsey uh he was the co-founder of dorsey right uh big big name in point and figure. And he's brought along a friend of his, Tommy Walker. Welcome to both of the Toms. How are you guys doing? Great. Right. Glad to be here. Well, so Tom, uh, we're going to go with Tom Dorsey and Tommy Walker, just so we can kind of uh, distinguish between the two. But uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and start with a little introduction of how you met Tommy? Well, it's a funny thing happened. I was reading the newspaper one day and I saw this gentleman, I can't think of where he was from or what firm, that went to a penitentiary or a prison there in Los Angeles and taught a one-day course on investments mm -hmm. or one hour or whatever, whatever it was. And I thought to myself, you know, that's a great idea because many of these prisoners are going to be back out on the street mm -hmm. and they're going to be back mingling with you and your family and everyone else. What can I do to help to make them stay out of prison? And I thought to myself, well, why don't I teach a course at the state penitentiary, which is right down the street here. I mean, as you head home, we used to go right by this big, well, um, Bill Alpert called it uh, a cross between the wicked, wet, wicked witch of the West's castle and a factory. Okay. And when you're driving down one of the main highways going home in Richmond, you're all everyone's going to go by that. And they're going to see that. And I thought to myself, what if I taught a real course there? I said, I don't know they'll want to do that, but I sent a letter to the warden. And this is back before uh, email or any of that mm -hmm. type of thing. So I sent a letter and I wasn't expecting to get anything back. But the warden sent me a letter back and said, let's go. I thought, oh, Lord, what have I gotten into? <laughs> what, now you've done I, it. what have I done? So the first night that we had there was the first night that we started the course. I went to meet all of the guys. Now, here I am going into penitentiary for the first time. And, I mean, this is, this is what they were called a big house. Mm -hmm. And I walked in there, and I was escorted by a guard over to uh, where? What, where, the, where? Uh, chapel. The it was time. the chapel the first time. And we must have had 50 people there. At least. At least 50 I think people. they put a cap of 100 on yeah. that to begin with your class. Yeah, they put a cap of 100. And I think the first class we had, darn near. Yes. 100. Yes. Wow. And, and, I'm and how many lessons were you going to be doing? How, how many classes were you going to be doing? Well, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to teach a class for per, per quarter. Okay. We're, we're going to do a, a course and a, 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 a test, a contest. Okay. And I'm going to teach these guys how to select stocks, how to understand options, how to manage portfolios. And then they're going to pick stocks themselves. And the one who makes the most money or loses the least money, won 100 bucks. Okay. Number two who came in, number two, would win 60 and number three would win 40. Well, this really, this, this is a big thing in the state penitentiary when you can actually make some money. In fact, in this course, I created the first penitentiary stockbroker. Because the first person that won the course was trading options, and he won the course by trading. I can't think of the name compact of the computer. Compact oh, computer. Oh, compact. No, Commodore. Commodore. Wow, even Commodore. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an eight in the back. early age. Yeah. I remember the Commodore sixty-four. That was my first computer. <laughs> and and he won the course. So now all the rest of the prisoners are going to go into the next uh, course, 
pay him some money to give them some ideas. Wow. So wow. Next thing you know is you've got That's a live stockbroker there who's <laughs> collecting money to give ideas to the other other people who are going to be forced to try that they could try to make money. Yeah. So a lot of interesting things happened here. I didn't know I didn't know what was going to take place. Um, in that class, I had everything from people with double murder, um, life with no possibility of parole, everything you can think of was in that class. And I got to know these guys, and they became friends of mine. So I think I did it for about three years. Started, I think, in the beginning of 1982. In fact, Jane Pauley did, did, I think, the first show on us. Wow. Because once this, once this news got out that the Associated Press picked it up, every paper in the country had it. And in my office at Week First Securities, every day crews were coming in with cameras and things like that. Next thing you know, I mean, this was like unbelievable. Yeah. They were coming to the state penitentiary, videoing the class, the whole thing. Uh -huh. And from there, I think it's more important to listen to Tommy about what actually took place and what effect this had on many of the, the inmates there. So yeah, so, so actually, let's, let's bring Tommy on right now. And so, Tommy, what was your first reaction when you saw that Tom Doris was coming and he was going to teach a course? Well, believe it or not, this was 1982. Uh, this, was, this prison was in the middle of, of the city here. And every night, every day, there were people coming in from the local university, from the churches, from they had a, uh, a drama teacher that came in. They had oh, writers right. that came okay. in, right? Now, Tom was most unusual because here he is, this very, I mean, he was the, uh, he was the option strategist for Reach First Secure at the time. And uh, uh, no, nothing like this had ever come into place before, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody wanted to go to it. And uh, it, it was kind of oversubscribed. Um, but as it went, moved on, it, it became a little bit more complex. People dropped, some people dropped out. Uh, you didn't have every, you know, the educational levels weren't that great there or anything. Although Tom did a really good job of reaching people. Uh, um, I mean, he, he, uh, when he's teaching options, he taught us uh, how to do point and figure. He came in and, and had the, uh, the old uh, uh, projector up on the screen. And, yeah. And, and we, yeah, the overheads. Overheads. Yep. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it's taught us the point and figure charting, and that sort of made sense to me. That that sort of uh, caught my attention. Uh, and really, from that point on, I was a technical analyst, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I had accounting back. I'd, I'd gone to college with William & Mary. Uh, I had an accounting background and stuff like that. I had run businesses and stuff. So I had a little, my educational level was a little bit more advanced than some of the people, although we had some other college graduates and stuff in the program. But um, it, it really resonated with me simply because – um, in those places, all you have is time, yeah, right? right? And you're, especially back then, right? There were no telephones in, the, in these prisons back then. There were no, uh, um, the TV was very limited. So you were so, you were really cut off from the outside. Papers were like at a premium there, you know? If you get a hold of a daily newspaper, you know, it was something else. You know, I started getting the Wall Street Journal every day, and, and it, it kept us engaged with what was going on in the outside. It, it really did. And, and, you, and you didn't uh, necessarily regress. And you learned things you didn't know about, you know, new businesses, new whatever, you know. And that was what was great about it is Tom really, it was an enriching process, you know. And I'll never forget, he's teaching us about options. And he's teaching us, uh, we're talking about the bell curve, right? And there, aren't, there weren't very many people that, that had any kind of mathematical background. Now, I'll never forget this guy who worked at the school, um, Tom passed out a, 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 you know, a bell curve, right? And he didn't really know what it was, so he came to me because he knew I had a little bit of mathematical background. I had some statistics. I explained, and he was just fascinated by this, and he just opened his eyes like a light bulb went off, you know, boom, you know? I, if you see things, you used to see things like that all the time. Mm -hmm. um, Tom would bring um, stacks of um, computer printouts in there, you know, give them to me to pour over to do, like, options quotes and stuff like that remember because i have i have hours and hours a day with nothing to do and, and you just go through that stuff wow. here i am ch charting three four hundred five hundred stocks by hand every day from the wall street journal right wow yeah mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll tell you another thing and, and it became addictive you know yeah hours a night you know you the nightly business report is 6 30 and then the rest of the night charting stocks you know mm -hmm. investors business daily what, yeah. what, a, what a trove of data that was the first time 
we and there was a group of us in these places that would were all interested in that we would share papers and whatnot the ibd was was a hot thing right you know with, with all the uh, the relative strength measures and uh just everything on there was absolutely phenomenal and mm-hmm. most of us uh most people don't have the technical bent. I did, and, and a couple of other people really were really good, you know, became technicians and, and good chartists. And I, I think that the, the the reason we had to chart by hand and everything, I think that made us more in touch with the market. Right. We felt a rhythm. Um, it, it made me a better analyst. It, it, it made me really understand, you know, you could feel the, the, the trends and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was everything was enriching there with, with Tom, you know. And he continued to come in. He went into several institutions, believe it or not. And, um, you know, yeah, he, he was real popular. He's, and he gives a really – you guys know him, right? He, yes, he, we know. We know. He puts on a show, man. Yeah. Yeah. He brought Absolutely. a lot of interesting people and very accomplished people. So really, it was a really good program. Mm-hmm. And, and what was the appeal? Um, I mean, besides, I mean, something to pass the time. Well, uh, that connection to the outside world. Money. Um, well, yeah, money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. Uh, Pardon me? How many years many people had? Oh, there was, I mean, at the time I had a 36-year sentence, which sounds pretty terrible. But in reality, you know, you, you could get so much off your sentence back then with good time and stuff. And they paroled people with a fraction of time. But we had people uh, that – there are people that were in Tom's first class – in 82 that are still incarcerated okay they were wow. still inside um right. they had life sentences uh yeah. they, even though they were parole eligible they've never made it because they they were serious cases um i can think of uh, at least at least two that i off the top of my head but uh um so you know um and and everybody in that penitentiary had uh at least 20 years that used to be the minimum to even be put there unless you had some other kind of an issue and if you had those kind of issues, uh, if you're some kind of security risk, you not, weren't going to get near somebody from the outside. Mm-hmm. And look, Tom used to, after that first class, they reduced the size of the classes. They, they moved them to the school, which was further deeper inside the penitentiary. So every week, Tom used to come in on Thursdays, I believe, at first. That was his day Thursday. So he would walk from the front gate all the way up the walk, um, through a, an archway, which was the original penitentiary designed by Thomas Jefferson in 1800. No, when he was coming in there, it was the oldest prison in the country still being used as a prison. It was the second oldest prison in the country, only behind the Walnut Street Jail in Philadelphia. You know, it had been built, right? So he came all the way in there, all the way to the end of the prison, then walked up four flights of steps, right, by himself, okay? They, never, himself. they, they never escorted me. Oh, no way. the class... Classmates would meet me. Somebody would meet him at the One of the guys would meet him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would meet me up mm-hmm. front and we'd walk to the back. But it, it was a long walk and you had to walk through the yard. The whole, yeah. And, and, and this, look, everybody was out roaming. Everybody, nobody was, you know, everybody was out roaming. They were all out moving around. You know, just it's like a little city, you know. People mm-hmm. were going to work maybe because some people work nights, you know. People, they had school, they had programs at night. Uh, the school that, where Tom was giving his class, there were other people, there were other classes up there. You know, so yeah, he but he he walked right through there every week. You know, and uh, everybody got to know him. They all liked him. You know, I mean, it, and uh, it's really pretty amazing. It kind of opened his eyes. You know, that everybody in there wasn't like a, a raving maniac. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And did you have kind of a goal? Um, you know, I, again, there was the, the the money incentive idea behind it, but was it thinking about life yeah, on the outside and yeah, me, how you were going to use this? I, you know, I don't think. I mean, there were a few people that maybe wanted to apply it. I always wanted to, uh, I wanted to apply it to like, you know, being self-sufficient and being able to go out and like trade for a living or whatever. Um, And that was the the attraction uh, for me. I mean, I knew that this was something I wanted to do. It just, it hit home with me, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it just, it made sense. And it was something I really liked to do. Uh, just like we're, what we're doing now, we come in here and trade every day, and we have the best time, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, we have and every day he's coming up with something new, you know, trying to you know, try some a new, um, you know, investment idea or technique. He's been on this AI like 
oh my god it's basically crazy right yeah we, we're doing stuff with this and you know you know he wants to do sector rotations based on a some kind of matrix done every month and and things of this nature and he always he's always creating something and that makes it interesting you know it's not the same thing every day yeah mm-hmm. but you know what when he got paroled the first time yeah i hired him at dorsey right mm-hmm. he just wasn't 1987 done. 1987 he just wasn't done with the crimes yet he, he just started dorsey right and um and, and, and what had happened was at the, the old penitentiary, there had been some violence and stuff. And so they were in the process of shutting this old, old place down and moving everybody out of it. Right. I was um, I was transferred to another institution with I, I worked in a print shop. And so they transferred me there at the print shop and I stayed in touch with Tom, you know, and I kept doing my my charting and stuff like that. And uh, um, I helped my mother invest some of our money and, and, and like that. And uh, I stayed in touch with Tom, like I said, and, and he had started his company. And that, he, yeah, that year, uh, he and my mother, he, he took my mother to a parole board interview, right? It was in, uh, I think it was in August or September of that year. And um, I, we had arranged for him to come in and teach a one-day class at the institution I was at. So after he had the interview with the parole board member, he came in there. And so I met him at the gate and he said, pack your stuff, you know, because the guy had signed my papers right in front of my mom and Tom, wow. my parole papers. And uh, told him, we won't have him out by Thanksgiving, but he'll be out by Christmas, you know. And so I, I, I got out by Christmas and I went by his office and hung out with him some and I started doing some stuff on the side and he ended up hiring me. OK. Uh-huh. And uh and this is the kind of thing he does because nobody else would have done that. Okay, Absolutely. no one. You hear what I'm saying? But he would. Okay, and that's how he's been successful. In, in, in he's always done things. What he cares about is getting the job done, performance. You know, you know substance yeah, over style. The reason I the reason I hired him was was not because I wanted to help an ex convict no. or anything like that. With what he did in his cell, updating 300 and 400 stuff a night by hand and staying with this and becoming probably, in my opinion, one of the best at point figure in the country. Mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's valuable. Yeah. So, you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, this, Tom this, you, let, me, let me just ask you this quick question and then, then we can take a quick break here. But sure. uh, so during the 80s, during that contest, what were some of the the stocks that you remember that you were identifying through point and figure uh, and through what you were learning from Tom. Well, I can, I can think of a couple off the top of my head, Dell computer being one of them. Okay. Well, um, okay. That, yeah. that was, a, that was a, that was a biggie. Eastern yeah. airlines. Eastern, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I mean, and there were, there was an iteration, all the old reliables, like uh, the Exxon's and that of the world, I, you know, uh, um, I remember Tom used to buy his kids, Shares of Exxon every uh, every month or whatever, but wasn't Coca Cola? Coca Cola, okay. Thought you did Exxon, you know, just Coke. No, okay. But, yeah, but so you know things Zero like that. Yeah, okay. So so we, you know things. Remember those? Um, what what other stock was um, so long ago, guys? That was yeah. Dell <laughs> no, computer, you mentioned Dell Compaq, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, that, definitely yeah. those are those. Are yeah, it was, it was a long time ago, but yeah, you know. Um, and what's interesting is um, when we did that, um, you know, we, we were just, when he started his company, we were still doing stock charting by hand every day there. This yeah. is before the computer. Yep. And yeah. Is, and we did it Dorsey Wright, too. We charted by mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. Right. Before, before we got computers, we did 2,500 stocks a day by hand. Mm-hmm. We right. split them up and everybody would take a book and, and, and chart them, you know, yeah. and make notes about, you know, what was breaking out, what looked good or what, what didn't look good to put in the, that daily report. Each analyst updated 500 stocks every day and then passed the book to the next analyst. Right. So by yeah. the end of the week, every analyst had seen all 2,500 That's stocks. That's amazing. Right. And once we actually went online and we got computerization with this, I had to pull those charts away from them. They don't want to give up updating us by hand. Every yeah, day. right. The, 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 God, mm-hmm. yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that routine. Was yeah. Is, it, is it the internet really didn't exist so much? No. But he, he was the, the Dorsey Wright was on Bridge Data Network and Teleshare or something like that. And the big deal then was faxing. We used to fax. I don't know how many reports out a night. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, we were doing all, we were always cutting edge, right? And then, of course, there were the bombs, too, the 900 numbers. That was a great one, right? Yeah, we had one of those. We, yeah, he, we had one of those, and, and uh, we all worked terribly hard at it. And, of course, you had to have so many calls a, a day where it yeah. cost you a buck 50, uh, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, or you owed them. You owed them. I, I just, exactly. That's mm-hmm. right. And, and, and of course, we yeah, we didn't we didn't really have we weren't marketers or anything like that. We, we couldn't get it out in like uh it didn't last very long for us. But he tried it. That was the point. And, right. Yeah, we couldn't get we couldn't get a hundred calls. Captain Lou Albana was getting fifty thousand, okay? You know, it was, it was it really it really was uh you know, but see Tom would try that. I mean might have hit, you know. I mean and it was something new, and that's what he likes to do, right? And that, mm-hmm. that was also just very it, um there's only a real collegial atmosphere in his companies. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you getting out and what that was like and how things went from there. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Apple, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, along with Arusha Puris, who joins me every week. Uh, he is an O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager and... Coming back to the show, we have Tom Dorsey, who's joined us a number of times, the point and figure champion, uh, and I guess a protege of his, Tommy Walker, and talking about the time that Tom Dorsey was spending uh, giving a class at the penitentiary, penitentiary, and one of those classmates uh, was Tommy Walker. So, Tommy Walker, you got out in in 1987. Right. What was like? What was that like? Uh, were you able to kind of? Uh, use use these skills that you had learned with uh investing yes and, and, uh, yeah and well yes and and you know you really became immersed in it, it was a good because of a startup company just getting on 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 his feet and starting to make some progress right and because we we're getting a little publicity that didn't hurt either like you know and it sort of took off after i forgot who did something on us when I first got, I think it was a local television program or something. And next thing you know, Larry King's calling and we, I do the Larry King show. And um, then we had a, a AP UPI article go out. Uh, and it, and, and, the, and we the, ended up on a cover of a magazine. Something commodities like magazine. magazine. We, we mm-hmm. were doing a foreign currency a newsletter at the time, a daily report on foreign currencies. Uh, Tommy was out uh, uh, getting, starting to get really, bigger clients uh, um and you know it was the company was progressing right mm-hmm. uh, that was that was great um and it was it, it was it was exciting you know right. unfortunately for me um i went back to where i grew up at down in the tidewater region right reconnect with old people and you know it just doesn't work you know and i um I sort of just, I just walked away, you know, it's the biggest mistake of my life in all kinds of ways, uh, because he, he had saved my life one time, right? When I got out, right? I, I mean, I didn't have any problems reintegrating. I'm with all these nice people all the time. They always treated me nice. You know, I didn't have these problems that you hear about, about reintegrating. And, you know, right. and, and mainly because of Tom, you know, and I mean, and, and everybody that worked for him was, was really decent people and, he, and they never left the firm when they hired him he hired him they never left i mean he, he had a retention rate of was phenomenal right mm-hmm. anyway right. so I, I i i had another issue and it was a it was it was relatively minor compared to my prior things but i was on parole and so i got convicted uh i just out seven years i got convicted uh a drug offense in 94. i went back inside and uh, he had all this time left what happened was there was a big change in corrections and and they went to truth and sentencing laws they basically just shut down the parole uh parole you know uh so i did from 94 until 2012 okay wow when i came out yeah and uh when i got out i was in my 50s um you know i had a terrible record i, I couldn't even rent an apartment you know, because, you know, they don't want this, you know, some madman that will be liable for living. But anyway, um, I got out and Tom was had just, he was getting ready to sell his company and whatnot. And um, um, I realized 
very, very quickly that I was never going to have a regular job or anything. Right. right. So what I did was um, I started, you know, I started selling serv- my services to small businesses. I, I helped manage some small businesses, uh, a tattoo shop, a, a, a guy who had um, a pretty significant rental property, uh, uh, you know, down in the Tidewater region. Uh, and I knew enough from uh, my the college, my college education, and just being immersed in business to, to be able to make a living, you know. And then when the pandemic hit, I, I really did well because of the uh, getting small companies paycheck protection loans and uh, SBA grants. Um, mm-hmm. uh, our, our computer kid had just gotten a job with a, a, a startup company and they needed somebody to do their finances. And so I was a temporary CFO for this company. Um, and I couldn't take it full time because I couldn't pass the due diligence test. This is a company that was going to attract <laughs> private equity and stuff like right, that. And yeah. I, told them, I told them ahead of time, I said, I'll do a, a, a search. You find you a CFO. I'll get you. I'll restructure the company. And stuff. I'm really proud of that, too, because, yeah. I, 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 you know, I was able to give them some really good advice, um, get them some PPP money, too. Um, and, uh, and and they're still they're still doing pretty well. And that was an AI thing. They were numerous yeah, prisons come out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, we yeah, you know, people would come. That was kind of funny because the first time I got out, everybody who got out and came through Richmond knocked on our office door. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It, it, because it was a, a big deal that you know about what Tom had done. Right, right. People just didn't do that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so Tommy, when when you went back, uh, so you you just kept following the markets kept getting yeah, back you know, i probably cranked it up a little harder right okay simply because um you know the, the dead time you know there's just nothing to do in these places honestly yeah. you know i mean i was i would be every day when the, the mail came out i was waiting for my newspaper you know what i'm saying right right right, right. And, and there were a couple other people that were really were good um really good stock analysts for real really good stock pickers and i i convinced tom to come in to, i was at the old folks home by then right Everybody there was over 40 at least. And uh, I convinced him to come into there to give a, a, a program because we were running like s- sort of like what he had done, a, an educational program on how to select stocks and stuff. So he came in and, of course, the news media followed him in, and that became a kind of a cool thing for everybody in there. Um, I mean, uh, they all wanted these books. His, his, he had a book. Uh, what was the book? Uh, one of your motivational books. Keep Keep, keep Exactly. It was like that was one of the most uh, sought-after books in the library, right? Wow. And, you know, the guys like that kind of stuff, right? And he, right, you know, he's he's motivational and educational. Yeah. And so you know, he came into this place, and this, you know, and you know, and we used to have a small group that met every week. He would send me his technical indicator review on Thursday. That Dorsey Wright published, right? You know, and so I would look through it. I'd keep the charts for like the big things, like, like, like these big indicators, like bullish percent, the risk indicators, and all this stuff. And then pass along to other people. And then every Sunday we would have a meeting and sort of go over the market for that week, right? Um, and some of the guys were actually trading stocks at that at that time, and, and some of them had some enough money where they could actually do some some real damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. And so, you know, all that, and it made you feel good, you know, and, right. and uh, uh, of course, everybody in the institution knew about this, especially when he comes in, and um, and some of the, like, I still uh, have connections with staff from these, these institutions, where they, they move from a defined benefit plan in the state to a, like a 401k, where the state matched, so they had all these selections to make, but they didn't right. really know much of anything, and so, I, you know, we helped them try to get them on the right track and everything. And I still like to say, I still have connections with uh, some of the staff members from, um, from the time I got out in 12, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they stayed with me that long, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and that's all because of Tom, you know, you oh, know, yeah. he's trying, you know, he's trying to educate people. Let's put it this way. You pay it forward. Right. And right. you want to try to educate people and it's not rocket science guys, you know, and there's so yeah. much bad information out there, you know, Right. And these simple things, like I said, I'm a technician. I make no bones about that, you know? Yeah. And I know that a lot of people don't like that. Um, that people don't like derivatives, but but if you use them properly, I think they're, they're you know, they're amazing. Right. And, uh, uh, 
I do them every day. So yeah. what, 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 yeah, what, what do you focus on right? What are you focusing on right now? I have, I have a trust account. I, I, uh, I managed for a, an elderly gentleman, a friend of okay. mine. Uh, okay. Uh, I have a couple other accounts that I help on to some retirement accounts. Yep. Um, you know, and then I'll, I'll trade for myself a little bit. And so that's what I, what I try to do. And, and the trade and uh, trading strategy, what, what, what well, are you kind well, of? I, I just going to give you some Tom, yeah. when I, Tom started coming into the office after he had some health issues. And so he, he needs, he needs to come in every day too, to do his thing. Yeah. He, right. he has to be here. Right. And so when I started coming in with him, um, uh, he turned me on the strategy with these uh, uh, closed end funds. Right. The whole mm -hmm. idea about you buy these closed end funds at a discount, you, you're reaping a tremendous uh, uh, dividends from them. They had been paid out over long periods of time. The top top flight management of all these. It's like a mini hedge fund. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, you know his 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 thing was pie in the sky or pie on the table. You know, right? And so you, you, the pie on the table. A lot of people need that. The dividend income and whatnot. So that a lot of the stuff I do now, I put people in these closed in funds. We buy them at a discount. We get the really good nice dividends on them. And then what I've done with the, this trust is is uh, for supplemental income. I trade options uh, on the indexes. Wow. And, and, be, and because the trust, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm limited in the strategies I can employ. So I'm basically right. buying options, which is a, the worst possible way to invest in derivatives, right? You know, um, but yeah, but I'm doing okay um, because I'm not over leveraging. I've got the best person in the world here with me every day and we bounce yeah. off each other, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, then we, like I said, he comes up with ideas. Like we, 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 we created a, a sector rotation uh uh, strategy using um, ETFs, right? We have mm -hmm. 20 ETFs, uh, two from each of the major industry groups, and we rotate them monthly. Yep. And we've done pretty well on that. And then, then he said, well, what if we pick the best stocks out of these ETFs? The right. top ETFs? Yeah. And, you know, he's con we're constantly doing that and, and employing these new, and then doing back testing and stuff, just to see if something will work, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're working on these, these closed-end funds. We're looking at them, and we're thinking about, you know, could we make a an ETF out of these closed-end funds? Yeah, with, with the closed-end funds, it took me a long time to come to, as a stockbroker, you're always looking for commissions. Yeah. And once it went to fee base, and many of clients get older, once you get into your late 50s and 60s and you're about to retire, it's time for the pie to come out of the sky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right, yeah. Pie to go on the table. So how can we set up a farm, basically, that will create a monthly income to you that sends a check a month out, and you own the stocks, you buy them at a discount. If they go to a premium, you sell them. So if I want to buy 90 cents worth, uh, pay 90 cents for a dollar's worth of stock, I'm going to do that. If it goes to a dollar 20 for a dollar's worth of stock, I'm going to crop rotate. I'm going to take out wheat and put in sorghum. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just a farm. I'm only interested in the silo. What goes into the silo comes out to you in checks every month. Mm -hmm. And right. that changes people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. changes people's lives because everyone is still looking for that 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 stock that's going to really do it you know ten bagger. Ten bagger. yeah yeah always yeah. Get a ten bagger the other way and that <laughs> result is just like the normal distribution the more you trade the more you the more you come to the middle of the bell curve mm -hmm. it's simple yeah, yeah. It, it, that strategy really has i've seen that um I, we we i just a couple people that have just retired and it has it's it gives them you know flexibility it's changed their life yeah it, it really has and, and it's it's pretty amazing and he's this is what's even more amazing we sit here every day we got he's got a little office but a nice little part of downtown right and people just come through here and all these people that people used to work for him there now or have their own businesses but mm -hmm. they are all just just brilliant people it's amazing how many, and I, and I didn't really know these people, but they know a little bit about me because of Tom. So I've got to meet them, and it has been absolutely great. I mean, you know, I I, I love coming in here every day. Yeah, you know? it keeps you out of trouble, man. You can't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. Have any problems? Here. Yeah, uh -huh. no, problem. no problem. Yeah, well, and it really is amazing the people who come through here and the things that they've done. You know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it all sort of all emanates. It all it's all tied together. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you had kind of 
when, when you got out in 87, you, you kind of did have this support group that a lot of that a lot of people don't have. And, Absolutely. And that still, you know, wasn't enough. I mean, it was. No, no it wasn't uh, enough. And, yeah. and, and, but that was that wasn't their fault. That was mine. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, but was, I, I was going to ask you, like, what what kind of um, uh, what, what, was that your wake up call? Like, you know, the second time around, like, oh, I I blew well, this chance or or what was it that. Or were you just older by the time you got out? I mean, it's like, hey, I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. I got to stop doing even, this stuff. Even before I had my problem, I said, you know, I I knew how this was going to end. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you knew how it was going to end. And, you know, it was, I remember every day I used to get up and, and I, you know, I would get up, I'd walk out the door and I would be expecting, you know, blue lights to explode in my face. Every oh. day. This is how I lived. This is how I lived. I literally looking over my shoulder all the time, every single day. Because I was on the radar, I was very much on the radar, and um, you know, and finally it happened. You know, it, it you know, it, it's 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 a loser's game. You know, he saved my life again this time. You know, so so yeah, we're good here, and uh, I'm saying you know, it's again an enriching experience. The interesting people you get to meet. You know, uh, it's really it's pretty cool. Got to talk to you guys. Yeah, well, 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 tell me, well let me just ask. King and, you know, there, there, there were a few other people that you talked to before the esteemed uh, interviewers that you have before you. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so tell me, let me ask you this. What, what is uh, a memorable like trading mistake that that you that you made maybe early on or so something that maybe you didn't learn to cut your losses or, or, or something like something like that? I'm going to tell you, I'm, and, and we have both done this, so I'm, I'm going to rat him out on this. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You know, the thing that, and, and I think we have, I think we have every day, we'll say, this is a really interesting day, you know, as because something different has happened and we've learned something really from the trading aspect. And this is something that he'd always preach, but yet, you know, you still do it over leveraging you know yeah. okay you know i'm down for the day i'm down a couple hundred bucks a day i, I got to get this money back i'm going to buy three contracts instead of one you know and the next thing you know you're down six hundred dollars yeah. okay and, and this trading, is, you know yeah. and those are the kind of things you have to fight today i traded nothing because the market was insane the premiums were insane on the options today i was yeah. going to buy one of them, you know but i traded he traded <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great day and he had a good day. Right. He was doing futures too, and he was selling options. He sold a strangle. He, he I mean, he, every day we go through different strategies. Uh, you, you look at, you look at what kind of premiums are on your options. Is it a strangle day? Is it a, you know, is it a day we're going to, you know, whatever? We do this every single day. Uh, I mean, and I'm more, I'm systematic about. It. I do it every day. I look at these things. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's more systematic than I am. <clears throat> do you think part of that systematic part came from? Your time on the inside, where yes, you, you kind of have to build that. Absolutely. I mean, routine is part of your life yeah. for absolutely. a lot exactly. of years, and you don't have a choice. Right. Um, and so. you're absolutely, that's absolutely correct. It really, and it just, it, it's, it's almost it. This, this stuff is addictive, man. Okay, these things are, you know, uh, people. Um, it, it really does. It's, it, it. Look, he doesn't need to trade anymore. He doesn't need to do this, right? Right. But right. He, you know, he likes to beat them. He likes to win the game. You know. I mean, it, and learn new things and, and, you know, come up with new strategies. And, right. you know, you're always creating something. It's, it's fun. It's, you know, you're stimulated every day. Yeah. Keeps, yeah, and I'd like to see him get to a point where he can have a little business going for himself right. because I don't have a company. So he comes in and trades with me. He's not working for me or anything like that. He's got a place here to trade, and we spend the day together commiserating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I still have enough. I still have enough people, you know, where I still have some small business stuff I do work for. What 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 I've been really, you know, what I've been proud of is that, um, is that I've, you know, even though that, that I've been able to give some value added to people that maybe wouldn't have gotten it otherwise, you know. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and that uh, that you know the, the pandemic relief. There's so much money sloshing around out there. There's so many people. We were talking about the restaurants that have closed in downtown here, those small independent restaurants, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, I could have got them paycheck protection. I could have got them, you know, some really good loans. It's, and they didn't even know to apply for these things. Right. You know? mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of sad because you see, you see them yeah. go. Yeah. A lot of inmates come out too, and they have no idea what's available for the government, what they can do to get themselves started. And Tommy helps them out. And That's does amazing. He does it. Pro bono. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know? I, I do. The other thing I do, is, and that's, see, I've had 
Tom, and then there's an attorney that I, I went with a group of attorneys that do an investigation and research for him. That was another thing I, I did. Um, um, I, I sort of had to back away from that because you get too close to these cases and you get, um, even though you're not doing anything wrong, you're there and, and you have a, a past and these people look at you and they say, something's not right here. You just don't want to be there, you know? Right, yeah. And so I've, I've sort of backed off of that. But there's an attorney I work for, and we've been very successful working together, and his thing was helping the veterans. And so I try to do uh, I do disability claims for veterans, and I do it for free. You know, wow. I've been in front of the administrative law judges uh, uh, seven times now. You know, and I've won the cases. And, you know, it makes you, these people deserve what, you know, this is something they deserve, and they're not getting it because of bureaucracy or whatever. You right. know? And, then, it, it, you know, it, it, Tom, you know, he thinks that's great. He encourages that. I've been I've been trying to get into the prison system to do a they have a transition out program and just do a one day seminar on investing for the guys you know and I think that's going to come into fruition finally it's harder to much harder to get into these places now than when he did oh right they're all out in, in the country and everything and it's just and they're not really receptive to people coming in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was a rock star there at that old penitentiary. Yeah. <laughs> he still is a rock star. Yeah, he's a rock star here too. So. <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, Tom, Tommy, uh, I was really happy that you guys were able to come on, kind of share the story, and uh, again, kind of uh, give that sense of you know maybe hope for some people that hey, no matter where you're starting from, um, you know, definitely, the, man. They're, they're I mean, you can you can do all you got to do is, is work hard. That's what you know. Yeah. You know, that's it. You, yeah. You'll get a chance. You're going to get a chance. You just got to keep in the game, man. You know, mm -hmm. I'm retired now, but you know, I'm, you know, still, you know. But. Mm -hmm. Well, there's also that uh, aspect of kind of learning from your mistakes, you know, and kind Absolutely. of fighting, fighting those emotions, fighting those urges, and you know, kind of turning it over. And to that's a good lesson for investors too, because Absolutely. you have all the same thing going on, you know. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much, guys. Really nice chat with you. Hey, we'll you. thanks for having us, man. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks. Trading Tesla, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leveraged and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IVD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Pires, who joins me every week. Uh, he's an O'Neill Global Advisors portfolio manager. We just had a great uh, chat with Tom Dorsey and uh, his protege, Tommy Wright. And uh, now Tommy let's Walker. get into time. Jeez, Tommy Wright. <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we just had Tom Dorsey on, of course, uh, the, the the point figure guru and his protege, Tommy Walker. So let's get into some market action and some stocks, uh, Rusha. Uh, let's start with the NASDAQ composite. Um, not not too much of a surprise here, I guess, with the uh, Fed announcement. Uh, in fact, uh, as I was kind of like listening to it, I was like, wait a minute, did I? is this a rerun? A, a lot of it sounded like the last uh, Fed announcement where it's just basically we're going to wait wait for data. Um, any any surprises in your mind from this? No, I, I don't think so. I, I think it was pretty much on par for the course. I was watching uh, Jeffrey Gundelak, uh, his uh, comments <laughs> afterwards, and he's like, this, right. I think it's the most boring Fed <laughs> announcement ever. And I, I kind of agree. It didn't go all over the place. They didn't do say anything too out of the, the blue. I guess... They kind of left the open, though. It, it was a little bit dovish, right? I, I would say it wasn't. They, they just kind of left it open. That uh, it seems like they'll do one more, but they kind of left it open. Maybe not, and then mm -hmm. probably won't do cuts until the end of the year and all this kind of stuff. So the market itself didn't react too too much, which I think is a positive. Uh, mm -hmm. But there 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 were I, I, there are a number of stocks that started to act that that were a little volatile today. Um, after having some great runs, but those are more uh, after earnings like a Microsoft and things like that. Yeah. And looking at the NASDAQ composite itself, I mean, in terms of the, the chart, um, the biggest thing that sticks out is that we did have some distribution uh, last week, starting with a stall day on Wednesday, uh, pretty, pretty heavy distribution day on Thursday. And then, uh, you know, uh, mild distribution, let's say Friday. I mean, a lot of the volume uh, increase on Friday was probably due to that, due to that NASDAQ 100 rebalance that everyone's been talking about. Um, so you did have back-to-back -back distribution, but, you know, a lot of these days are kind of falling off, you know, some of the, the, the ones that were 
uh, on there before, either because we've had so much progress uh, or because of time. So I guess what I like right here is that it came down to 14,000 and then stopped. It's like the selling, selling was done and uh, no one wanted to sell anymore. And it's that kind of tight action, I feel like, is a lot of times what Bill would call the quiet accumulation. Um, you know, the, the, the institutions that are wanting to put more cash to work are just waiting on the sidelines with that and saying, OK, look, anything that comes up, we'll, we'll buy it. You know, we'll buy it here. And it, it just makes it so that the stocks, stocks won't go down that much anymore. Yeah, and it, and it almost seems like the, the market is continuing to wait for a lot more of the earnings reports too, right? You, you mentioned the tsunami of earnings reports uh, and that that's just beginning. And mm -hmm. and so it, it doesn't seem like anyone's really ready to commit one way or the other very, very uh, you know, in, in a strong direction here. But the market's had a great run. And, and as you said, I mean, it is, uh, it's acting pretty well after having such a strong move here. And, and I think the key is to, to keep it very, very simple. As long as the Nasdaq's above that 21-day moving average, uh, you know that that's kind of our sweet spot, and, and so that that's really kind of the level that that I'm keeping an eye on. Because yeah. if it starts to break that, then it's like okay, maybe we might need a little bit more of a break here. Mm -hmm. And it's been trending there for the longest, uh, you know, a longest amount of time since 2017. Um, interestingly enough, the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, has had this. Uh, what is it? 13 day win yeah. streak. Uh, and that's um, the longest win streak it's had since 2017. So uh, a, a few, a few points that keep on bringing us back to 2017, which was this really, uh, really strong, powerful rally that, you know, most of its power was just in its longevity. Uh, it was one of those things that wasn't very volatile. You didn't have much, uh, you know, in terms of days that were, up huge but you didn't have much that was coming down hard either you know uh, it was just this slow steady grind higher um and at the end of the day you, you you look back and you're like wait how you know how did the market go up this much you know there were there were none of these big days but it was you didn't have the big down days either and it just uh you know 2017 was pretty remarkable in that regard um so uh and the fed you know this 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 one in july our next one will be in September, um, and Powell kept on making the point that hey, we're going to have um, eight eight more weeks of data, you know, and so we'll we'll be taking it, you know, uh, see see what the data looks like then. A lot of people are, of course, wanting the pause to happen, saying hey, you don't want to overdo it, um, but again, there's going to be some more data to look at uh, by by the time that comes around. Um, tech certainly. We've been talking about a lot of the tech has gotten extended. Uh, some of that may be ready to come back in. I mean, Microsoft, after its earnings report, that's come back into the 50-day moving average line um, a little bit sharply. Um, you know, Google, uh, or Alphabet, I should say, the parent of Google, uh, that had a little bit of a, a better uh, earnings reaction um, with, with a nice little breakout. Uh, but one of the things we talked about with David Ryan who was on the IBD Live show on Tuesday, uh, as he is every Tuesday, was about sector rotation. So, um, are you are you broadening out a little bit, or do you still find yourself really kind of concentrated in tech right now, Arusha? I'm still more in tech, but I'm looking to mm -hmm. to broaden out, right? So I brought it out a little bit, but I'm I'm looking for some kind of. Uh, good entries into to some of these other sectors now there were uh, I mean, it's funny because a few weeks ago especially like in some of like the oil sectors uh or steel and and things like mm -hmm. that there were some stocks that that were starting to set up and starting to go and i was tempted you know i, I probably should buy some of those but you know it's it, 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 there's that kind of it, it's really hard to switch when everything's working so well yeah. Uh, and the, the positions that you have are working so so well. So, you know, that that's that's probably something that I need to try to figure out a, a good balance with, because you could kind of see that, OK, tech is starting to get a little extended here. You have these other areas that could grow, uh, could start going. It might be good to kind of get some concentration to maybe slow down the volatility in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. uh, and but so it's not necessarily a surprise that some of these other areas, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking, but uh, I'm not necessarily. Uh, I want to. I want to wait for the more of a better setup, I guess. 
Yeah, that is one of the toughest things. I mean, let's say you're up 20% on a stock. Um, you know, that's that's all fine and good. But then you start thinking, well, gosh, if it goes up, uh, you know, another 1%, 2%, uh, 5%, 10%, it starts compounding on itself. Right. And that's where it gets real interesting where um, plus a lot of times, you know, once you get maybe 20%, 50% gains in your stocks, uh, you've just by the nature of capital appreciation, a lot of times got more money in those stocks now. And so when they move up more, uh, it's real enticing because you start looking at the money you're making and it's uh, sometimes very easy to get greedy with that. But let's go ahead and look at some other sectors um, and maybe we can look at one of the earnings movers today, uh, Boeing, um, you know, ticker symbol BA. This was just, you know, kind of going flat forever, it seemed like, uh, for, for this entire year. Uh, it just seemed like it kept on banging its head right around 221, 223, um, and, and couldn't quite cross above it. And hugging the 50-day moving average line, and then you, you had a nice uh, earnings move today. So with an earnings gap like this up 8.7%, is it too late? Or do you start looking at, you know, getting a little piece early how do you how do you handle the earnings gaps for sure well it, it really for i think it all comes down to how your conviction in the stock right so i i treat that a little differently depending on how much i want the stock and for those kind of rare cases where i think they could be one of the leaders in the market then i'm going to be a little bit more aggressive and, and even if it's up you know it has a, a gap up like today uh and four percent away from the pivot Today, I would have bought some to get at least a little bit of position. But for most stocks, like a Boeing, which is a, obviously a great company uh, and could be beginning uh, the start of a, a decent move here, it, uh, I, it's more like, OK, let me put on the watch list. Let it let's let it pull back and settle down. But even if you were buying this, if you really wanted to get into this, it, it is only it's four percent away from the pivot. It is a breakout. So you're not buying super extended. So mm -hmm. it is definitely viable at this point. A lot of volume came into this. You yeah. can see just on that <laughs> chart right there. It's just, uh, there, there's your skyscraper way above all of the other volume bars, 378% volume. And so the way I look at it is this is where it should work. You know, mm -hmm. this is where Boeing should be able to go on a, a little bit of a decent move here, maybe a 15 or 20% move before building another base. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to pull back. Even just flat action yes. um, could see, you know, a consolidation of those gains, you know, and, uh, you know, holding holding up there would be good. Now, uh, with some of these stocks that are in these other industries, um, earnings might not be there, you know, especially with some of the cyclical plays. Uh, with turnarounds, I mean, you know, because, again, look, we've got 2023 still looking at losses for Boeing, but you look at 2024 and you know, a big, big estimate there. Um, oh, there we go. Okay. So yeah, big, big estimate for 2024. So how much, um, I guess, how much do you weigh the, the future estimates, you know, um, in terms of, in terms of stocks, in terms of believing in a turnaround? I mean, I take into consideration, um, and especially for growthier type of stocks. I mean, it makes sense here. I, I mean, you, yeah, at least you're seeing some some big. There's a lot of expectations uh, for for the stock in 2024. But you know, a lot of times it's not. You're not necessarily looking at one stock in a vacuum. Yeah. You're you're. It's a relative basis here, right? You're you're trying to find the very best stocks, and and so when when you see how a lot of other stocks have been acting and doing, you know, Boeing might not be as super high on the list, but now this might be one of the benefit beneficiaries of a rotation, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Where they, this stock might be able to do that 15% move while a number of these tech stocks build bases. So that's very, very possible. Just looking on the weekly chart here, uh, really over the last four or five months, this has been acting pretty, pretty well, right? It's, just been going sideways, uh, getting pretty tight, and then has a strong breakout, but had a strong prior uptrend before that, breaking mm -hmm. out of the cup. So it's your second stage base at this point. So everything, you're seeing a character change in Boeing at this point. And so it definitely has a chance to really just start the the slow uptrend back uh, to maybe, you know, uh, you know, 260, 300, who knows, you know, over the yeah. next year or two, right? 
Mm-hmm. Especially, um, you know, because not only are they have their military components, but there's the commercial side, the the, the planes. We saw, uh, I mean, if you look at jets, you know, that, that's been a re- re- resurgence of travel, uh, you know, a lot of pent up there and, and jets has been going up. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, also kind of in the, you know, in the rotation play, uh, we've been talking about oil and gas. Now, sometimes oil and gas, uh, you know, as, as oil goes up, sometimes that puts pressure on your jets, um, right? Because they're uh, right. going to have to be paying paying more. And, you know, are they going to eat that cost or pass it on to the customer? Um, but, you know, SLB is one, um, I, I, I should disclose, I, I do have a position in this myself. Um, but, you know, the field services area, um, we were talking about OIH as, as an example. And of course, SLB is, looks very similar to OIH. Um, it's, it's a big component in there along with Halliburton. But um, what, what, what's your take on oil and gas right now? Um, I mean, you've got the drillers that are looking a little bit better. Field services that's been moving up. Um, is, it, is it time to, time to give these another, another look? I think so for sure, and, and you know, I this is definitely uh, on the list. I, w- I was considering getting into th- uh, today, uh, and, and uh, because it's a, it's a larger cap uh, oil stock, it's on the verge of breaking out. Uh, now I'm not expecting that much out of it because it's just a little bit of a slower mover. Yeah, but it seems. But these are you know, this is right at the. Uh, it, it's on the verge of breaking out where a, a number of other oil stocks. Um, still have a little bit more base building to do. So it, this, it, it's interesting that you, you're in it already. Doesn't surprise me, and and because uh, it is kind of at the top of the list. If you're looking for to broaden out and say, hey, you know, I need an oil stock. Uh, what, what's one that I can just get some exposure to? So right. I think this is acting uh, pretty well. You, you uh, breaking out that cup with handle. There's some pretty good uh, O'Neill ratings going on, uh, and the unlike the Boeing. This has some pretty good earnings and sales, right? Mm. So much steadier. Uh, and, uh, well, I, I, you know, I, it kind of surprises me. You know, we were talking about earnings stability a little bit earlier. Uh, earnings stability is 44 here. So it's a little bit more volatile than some of the other ones. But, uh, but overall, this, this, is, uh, this is one that has a chance. Yeah, but I feel like you, you kind of expect that with the uh, oil and gas That's area. Um, you, 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 might get, you might get some earnings stability in the short term, you know, like the last few quarters, you see some great earnings numbers here for SLB. Um, But that earnings stability factor is usually looking at a three year or five year timeframe. And it's really tough for the oil and gas stocks. That's true. They just take a few quarters and that stability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll give you four quarters maybe. And then, uh, (laughs) you know, and and then we'll just go the other way. Uh, Let's go ahead and close this out and uh, put in a financial uh, IBKR. Uh, interactive brokers, um, you know, it, it seems like when Schwab, I mean, Charles Schwab had such a devastating move down and it was kind of like, you know, what, what was going on here, you know, because, you know, it, it kind of had that bank exposure. Uh, so it came down with the regional banks, but its last earnings report, you know, really kind of brought it, um, you know, brought it back to life. And it seems like that's helped a lot of the other financials as well. We've seen uh, the Russell 2000. Uh, that's been looking a little bit better, I think, because the, um, the banks, the regional banks aren't putting that pressure on the Russell 2000 like they were. But um, go ahead and give me your thoughts on, on interactive brokers. Now, yeah, if you're looking for a, a, a stock in the, the financial group that has some growth to it interactive brokers is it's, it has always been one that kind of uh, comes through the screens and so it is setting up here i think this has a chance there are they're always been one of the kind of the innovative players mm-hmm. within this field it, honestly and, and it's done well it, it's done pretty well in the over the last couple of years it's had some moments here while i guess really kind of just being building the right hand sides of bases here i was kind of surprised just looking at the weekly chart that how flat it was i i, I expected to have it, it for it to be trending a, a little bit better but it is uh it, it is kind of trending right up to near the top of its all-time highs and i just switched over to the the monthly chart here and 
it, it so it has a chance here. It, it's actually pretty interesting that it broke out in all time highs like five, six months ago, pulled back. Now it's back right near all time highs again and almost building a cup pattern right there. So it might be setting up to uh, start going on another trend after spending years uh, building kind of a, a really large uh, trading range or that mm-hmm. 80 area is really kind of significant, significant uh, resistance. And, and and you had some experience uh, using their platform, right? Uh, yes. You, you, you were dealing we, with an account yeah. there. Uh, at what, what what did you think of, you know, again, kicking the tires on what they do? Um, how was how was that for you? It's it's a good platform. I mean, I mean we use it for, for a number of accounts uh, in, in-house uh, and it, it, it's fine. You know, honestly, I don't. I'm not that sophisticated uh, using it, but you can use the algos and I do use, I have used the algos. Yeah. yeah. So if you have to, if you have to fill like a A larger order, bigger position and it might be a little less liquid, you can, you can use some of their algos and just kind of set it and set your price and it'll slowly, you know, just kind of work that trade. So, so that, Mm -hmm. that stuff uh, works pretty well, but there, there, there are a lot of bells and whistles on those platforms i but i keep i generally just keep it pretty pretty simple but uh but it's pretty effective the plot it's definitely one of the better kind of uh trading platforms i think out there in my opinion Mm -hmm. and one last question to just kind of wrap this up with the the rotation and everything um you know sometimes when you're looking for those stocks that may benefit from a rotation the ones that are um you know maybe the the next ones to come come up uh, part of the problem is that the relative strength lines don't look as great, right? Because I mean, it's been all about tech. So when you start looking to other areas that have been basing during this time, and and the the, the one that I think of all the time is Apple. You know, mm-hmm. the relative strength on Apple in 2004 when it came out of its cup with handle, the relative strength was just dismal, right? Because you had had this phenomenal run in 2003 that Apple was basing during. And so it was one of those things where it just, you know, the, the, the relative strength was super low and it, um, you know, it, it just wasn't there. And so all the stocks that we just looked at, relative strength, not, not at highs, uh, stuff like that. Is that a concern or is that just like, well, look, if you're going to get sector rotation into other things, that's what's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a little bit of a concern, especially the relative strength line, right? I, I always look more at the relative strength line than the actual rating. Yeah. But what you want to see, and I, you know, it, it, it's funny because it brings me back, Justin, to uh, one of the the master's programs. I think I want to say it was like in 2010 or 2011, where the this question of does the relative strength line have to be at all-time highs when the stock is breaking out? And mm-hmm. Bill said, no. He's like, what are you talking about? It doesn't. And, and I remember like thinking, you know, what, what is Bill talking about? You know, that it, you're always generally using the relative strength line as a con- confirming or leading indicator, but definitely confirming you want to see it going at, or not necessarily all time, but 52 week highs at least. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he said, and I think we were looking at AutoZone back then, Justin, and oh, AutoZone yeah. was kind of, and, and Bill, <laughs> I, and you would know, Bill, Bill, I think had a, a, a position in it, a pretty decent sized position. And he was highlighting that relative strength line. And he said, and, and one thing you said was it just needs to go into higher highs, right? It has to take out just short-term highs. So when it's going up, you just want to see it getting a little bit stronger and stronger. And, and I remember just like, uh, the, I mean, that was, I had never heard that before, uh, but, uh, and it kind of threw everyone off because yeah. everyone was asking that for AutoZone because it was so much slower than everything else. So it looked like it was lagging. But when you're looking at it on a relative basis there, you know, Bill was saying that the relative strength line was actually showing strength. Well, the, the and, and it took a while there because yeah. when AutoZone came out in 2010, um, the the relative strength rating, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was I think it was in the 20s. Uh, it, it yeah, was, and you it can was, see on the line right here too. It was yeah. that bad. And yeah. but here again, what happened was you had the a strong bounce by so many stocks in 2009. All these, remember Ford, Citigroup, all these were trading in the single digits um, and, you know, like $1 and, you know, they traded $5. Well, that's a 400% move. AutoZone was doing this very shallow uh, saucer with handle during that time. And then it, you know, it came out and Bill was also, I mean, look, he was looking at the fundamental story here. You had all of these people that were dealing with 
um, a potential recession and a tough environment in the jobs market, were they going out and buying new new cars? No, they were slapping band-aids on their old ones. And you have at that point, um, you have so many more that the, the age of cars at that time was like 11 or 12 years, the average. Mm-hmm. On the road, and so yeah, AutoZone was AutoZone is one of those that does tend to do well in recessionary times, as people you know fi- fix up their cars as opposed to uh, buy new ones. And he certainly uh, he certainly nailed that one right. And again, it was it was like watching paint dry yeah. in terms of the move, yeah. but it just was so steady. And then I mean, you can see how phenomenal the, the move right. is after it's unbelievable, right? But you look but at on... it on a daily, and it was like this just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> right. You well, have look to look at, at it long term. <laughs> look at the relative strength line too, right? So when it was building its handle, the relative strength line was actually taking out short-term highs. Yeah. So that's I so so I guess that's what he was really looking at because everyone's kind of confused that, including myself. Like, look, it's so far off. It's 52-week highs. But he was like, no, what are you talking about? Look at the – it's taking on short-term highs. And we yeah. were all – the whole crowd was kind of just stunned at that because we hadn't right. heard of that, looked at that situation before. And here's Bill with a, a nice position in AutoZone. And obviously, he, he uh, made the right call. Yeah. So, uh, well, hey, look, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, the, the story from from Tom and Tommy. And uh, next week, we're going to have Jason Shapiro on. I think this is his first time on, if is, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Arusha, you'll know better than I. Uh, yep. So, yeah, it'll be great to talk with him, get his thoughts. So we hope you tune in for that. Until then, we'll see you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.